0: Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this now Monday. Listen now, Monday, November the 2nd of 2020. Mark this on your calendars. We have begun a new month. We are closer to the end of 2020. It seems just like yesterday we began doing these podcasts in the month of March, and here we are all these things that have happened um I wish there was a way that we could just condense every single podcast and and really to study and see where the Lord has brought us and the things that have been said and and not one word I believe has fallen to the ground and and we believe that God is is still speaking in this hour. This is a very telling time uh for our country especially this week, especially speaking about tomorrow. And uh, so get ready. Be spiritually ready. Uh, We don't know. We hear what's going to happen, but we don't know how, (laughs) just how things, but just fasten your seatbelts. And I'll tell you this, there's no better place right now than to be uh, together (laughs) studying the word of God and gleaning from it because we're going to need it in this hour. As always, it is a pleasure uh, to be with you all and to start this Monday. We have a whole week in the Word of God, Lord willing, and we're excited about what God has for us. In our panel today, we have Brother Marty and Brother Fernando joining us. And as always, it is a pleasure and an honor to be able to study the Word of God together. So, Brother Marty, on this November 2nd Monday, much to talk about, much to discuss. We'll leave it to you to share what god has placed in your heart as we study the word of god together.
1: Amen. We're looking forward to this week. It's a it's an extraordinary week not only in the history of our country, uh but really uh in the history of western civilization as a whole. Uh the only thing standing between the forces of darkness and and the the absolute uh, enslavement on a global scale uh is is the free country and the free peoples of the united states of america everyone needs to take a, a a solid look within themselves starting with me uh to what it is and what kind of a world that that, that we have ahead of us uh you know searching deep within our own hearts as as the church uh to pray according to the will of god for our families for our communities and for our nation if in fact we have reached those days and we really do believe that we have uh, then it is imperative now upon all of us more than at any other time quite conceivably in the history of our country that we ask ourselves uh, what kind of a nation do we want going forth tomorrow when people uh, finalize their votes and uh, and the polls close much will be known as to what direction we're headed but for the church of the living god We seek a kingdom that has a king uh, that cannot be corrupted, that cannot be swayed, that cannot be bought off. He paid for this planet in his precious blood. And for all who know the hope of his calling, we have been redeemed into the family of Almighty God. And so we look forward uh, with great anticipation for the days ahead, not in fear, but in the faith that has been given to us and handed down from generation to generation by the great servants of God. This is why we believe the Holy Spirit has had us in the book of Acts the last three weeks. As we began our journey several weeks ago, headed to Athens, we finally came and arrived there uh, in, in a complete circle on a Friday. And we're gonna continue to look now as Paul sits in Athens, in the seat and the birthplace of democracy. And on the eve of this election, it's very interesting that we're here, and I don't think by accident. So it's with great excitement and anticipation that we head into these days ahead. We're looking forward to to continuing to explore the Word of God, like Brother Jeremy said. It's the most important thing that we can do right now, Uh, as always, really, uh, to search the scriptures, uh, to see uh, where we are, and to receive guidance by the Spirit. So we encourage you this week and and, and pray that you'll be inspired and uh, join with us as we, we begin our new week, November the 2nd. As we head to the balance uh, of of the remaining uh, days of this year, there's no better place to be than the Word of God. So, Brother Jeremy, I'm going to ask you as we begin today, if you would, uh, to start our study off today, uh, beginning with Acts chapter 17. And would you mind reading us three verses, verse 14 through 16, as we continue our study with the great Apostle Paul in Athens, in Jesus' name. Brother Jeremy. Amen. And then immediately the brethren sent
0: away Paul to go as it were to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus abode there still. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed they departed. Now while Paul waited for them, at Athens his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry
1: amen it says while Paul waited for them at Athens his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry incredible statement you know as we've been discussing and brothers please jump in today your your contributions always uh, make the podcast so much better as we've been discussing these things. But you know, I, I was reflecting this morning. Uh, by this point that we get to the the Apostle Paul, he's, he's about fifty one, fifty two years old. He's been in the gospel for almost twenty three years now. And uh, the battle between the forces of light, really, and the forces of darkness, they've been raging for almost uh, twenty three years, like we said. And and the intensity of the persecution uh, has reached levels where the brothers had to get Paul and and, and his companions out of Thessalonica and Berea, like we read and and studied on on Friday. Uh, The persecution we need to understand uh, was of the demonic realm, really. I mean, Paul had become a threat not just to to religious establishment but at a much deeper level the threat was now beginning to rage uh into the realm of principalities and powers as Paul would describe them the rulers of the darkness in in high and heavenly places how much you know i was thinking about this this, this morning you know how much how much the apostle paul really understood um the level uh, uh, of, of the depths of what was happening at this point in his ministry. He still had 10 more years to go of his ministry. But but after all that he had been through, I was, I was really reflecting on, on how much did he truly, um, you know, fathom uh, the depths of it. We know from his later writings, when he would write in the book of Ephesians about spiritual warfare, that many of the events we've been studying up until this point, uh, really served to shape and formulate his understanding of what spiritual warfare uh truly w- was and is and 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 how we thank God for that because we draw such great comfort from the great you know chapter in the book of Ephesians chapter six, where he talks about the whole armor of God. <laughs> what we need to remember really uh is that for thousands of years you know the nation of israel uh they were the exclusive uh, recipients of the word of God and uh, you know their mandate uh, was to be a, a nation you know a, a kingdom really of priests and and that that is who they were and and what they were meant to be uh, brother Jeremy why don't you read that to us a little bit uh, in Exodus chapter 19 I think it is uh, verse 5 somewhere in there verse 5 and 6 could you read that to us concerning, because we're laying a little groundwork here uh, to how uh, things evolved into being uh, directed toward the Gentile nations of the world, which, which of which nations we we come from, all of us who aren't Jewish, that is. But look at what God had Moses uh, tell the children of Israel, you know, and, and, and understand that what we're about to read right now in, in connection with that thought. Is, is Israel's been delivered from slavery they've gone through the Red Sea experience they're on the other side, and they they've been being marched toward Mount Sinai and so what you're about to read is is God's words uh, uh to tell uh, you know that he gave to Moses to tell the people uh, and when he came down on Mount Sinai uh it is what we now know and what we call uh the day of Pentecost all the years later it's the first Pentecost it's the birth. Of the israeli church really as a nation and this is what he tells them uh in verse five and six can you read that to his brother jeremy yes
0: now therefore if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my co- my covenant then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel.
1: So this is what God commanded Moses to tell his people. You know, in verse four, he says, uh, you've seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and I brought you unto myself. He begins to reveal himself to the collective nation. And he tells them by the time they get to Mount Sinai, he tells Moses to tell them, my intent for you is that you become a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. They were to be the disseminators and the evangelists of the whole world. Of course, the word of God had not been fully delivered to them by any means, but he had begun the process. And he speaks to them to the mandate that was going to be given to them as a nation. and he said that this was this was uh, predicated in verse 5 on them keeping his covenant and that they would become a special treasure to him or a peculiar treasure above all the nations. Uh, and then he, he emphasizes the planet, the earth is mine. Incredible. So the, the mandate that had been given to them as a nation uh, was to keep his covenant and that what they would become would be a kingdom of priests really like we said evangelist but if we fast forward into the future uh, because we're we're searching the book of acts and, we, and we're learning uh, how it applies to our times and, and why it was very much prophetic uh the beginning from the end uh lens that we apply to our understanding but when they as a nation rejected the lord jesus christ uh when they rejected the lord from From synagogue to synagogue, as we've been seeing in our exploration of the book of Acts uh, at the beginning of the church, really ultimately um, it sealed their fate. See, the Lord Jesus had told them that their failure to accept what God was revealing to them. And think about this because it was some 2,000 years from the time of Father Abraham until the Lord came into the earth and revealed himself to the nation that they were being uh trained taught the word of god was being poured out the torah had been established the prophets had risen up they'd gone through uh, a captivity in babylon Uh, much of the ten tribes had been scattered they were regathered again and they rebuilt the temple they went through incredible history and multiple global empires They suffered the desecration of the temple during the time of Antiochus Epiphany, uh, the, the rise of the Judas Maccabeus and the Maccabean revolt. If you study your biblical history, the cleansing of the temple, and then a 400 year period where the establishment would be entrenched and religion would be defined and groups like the Sadducees, the Pharisees would begin to, to emerge. And, and when the fullness of time came and they, and they, And they were now ready to have Christ presented to them. Um, Really, that is the point that that the failure became ever more evident and true. Paul would later argue that it was really, in essence, always within the plan of God to take what he knew would happen and use it to their advantage in the sense that they couldn't recognize Christ uh, in the way that he was meant to be revealed to them because of the hardness of their heart. But he accounted it unto them as a nation, as if they were uh, in ignorance and blindness, so that in the end of time, he might regather them and reveal himself to them and count them as being ignorant so that he might save them through his grace. And Paul goes on to say that their unfortunate decisions and choices in essence uh, became the launching pad for our benefit, that is the nations of the world. When Simeon took up Jesus in his arms and proclaimed that he would be the light unto the Gentiles, These were the fulfillment of the words of the prophet Isaiah, as we've looked at uh, in, in previous days. This is a prophetic time. But when they rejected the Lord, he had warned them and told them that their failure would result in the nation losing the original ministry that had been proclaimed to them through Moses at Mount Sinai on the original day of Pentecost. Let's read that, Brother Jeremy, in Matthew 21. I think it's 21. Matthew 21. Let's take a look over there. Yeah, that's where it is. Matthew 21. Could you read to us verse 42 and 43? Listen to what the the Lord tells them.
0: Jesus said unto them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof.
1: Well, yeah, and keep reading. Read all the way to verse 46, please. And whosoever shall fall on this stone
0: shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall it will grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spoke of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet.
1: Incredible. So there he reveals to them in verse 43 that the kingdom of God was going to be taken from them given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. He was literally talking about the church, his own church. Their their mandate, their ministry was going to be snatched away from them and given to a new expression of God in the earth, made up of both Jew and Gentile, but primarily, uh, initially, um, after the rejection of the Jews throughout the, the, the civilized world. That's why he sent his apostles into the synagogues. That's why Paul went to the synagogues and tried to bring the gospel to those who weren't in Jerusalem, who didn't witness the public ministry of Christ. They had heard about him, but but they still needed to have the opportunity presented to them, just as Jerusalem and, and Judea and Samaria and, 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 and all of, of Israel had heard during the three and a half ministry of Christ. So when he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit to them, it empowered as we looked at the early church and the apostles in particular, culminating with the apostle Paul really, uh, in spreading the gospel amongst the established synagogues that had had gone throughout the uh, you know the, the Hellenized world you know the, the Greek world the Roman world uh, but when they rejected it the words of Jesus were being fulfilled you know this new nation was being born and this is what the apostle Peter drew upon uh, in his prophetic understanding of these words of Jesus when he wrote about the very same thing uh, in First Peter can you look at that brother Jeremy First Peter. Chapter two and listen to what the what the apostle Peter says in first Peter chapter two verse nine and ten.
0: But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained
1: mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So you see, Peter understood what Christ had told him. He was there, what we just read in the book of Matthew. But he's also really quoting what God had told Moses, and, and he's applying it to the church. He, he he calls them a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. That's what God had originally intended for Israel exclusively, that you would be a kingdom of priests unto me. And, and he calls the, the new church a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That's what God had told Moses to tell them. You would be a peculiar treasure unto me. So what was beginning to evolve and what was being proclaimed was being understood by these very prophetic scriptures and the declarations of God through his servant, Moses, and that is what began to happen. That's, and, and the further along we went in the history of the book of Acts, we saw that, that God was moving in Paul's life in many ways like he did in Moses' life, because Paul was the great apostle uh, he was the point man, if you will. <laughs> he was he was the Moses to the Gentiles, when you think about it. You know, uh, <laughs> the Gentiles, if you think about let's just think about this. The Gentiles were like Israel of old. You know, the Gentile nations of the world had been in slavery. They were property of the devil himself. All of us were sold under sin by our father Adam, right? But God reached in and took a peculiar people for himself the nation of israel but when they rejected him uh, god raised up a moses to the nations that moses was was the apostle paul and why we are exploring this little foundation this morning is because the apostle paul had to come to that understanding he he, he would in, in chapter 18 of the book of Ai, where he would finally shake the dust you know, off his cloak it as it says there. And he would tell them from this point on your blood is on your own hands, you know, your own head. I'm going to the Gentile. Read that scripture, brother, in in, in Acts chapter 18. That's what he told them in Acts eighteen. Uh verse uh let's see. Verse five and six.
0: And when Silas and Timothy is come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth, I will go unto the Gentiles. That,
1: that's the breaking point. That's when he became... Uh, really, in my opinion, that is, and I think the, the scripture bears it out, where he makes an a, an an absolute declaration, and says from this point on, I'm exclusively going to focus my attention, and and the and the and the vastness of my ministry on the Gentiles. It's it, it's when he became that Moses. In my, I like to call him that. That's how that's how the Holy Spirit ministered it to me this morning. You know, he became a Moses to the nation. You know uh they were sold under sin. the nations of the world belonged to the devil, much like israel you know uh <laughs> was in slavery uh in Egypt, and God reached in and sent Moses and then led them and revealed his word to them by Moses. They became that peculiar nation, but if you think about it, that left the rest of the nations of the world without the word of God, and so the entire planet was in slavery except for the children of God. And so it's as if everything gets flipped around in the book of Acts and slowly but surely they're losing uh, the grasp on their ministry as a nation like Jesus told them they would and that he would take it from them. Those are those are those are extraordinary words. I'm hesitating here because I don't want to, you know, be too over dramatic here, but but in many ways as we stand on the eve of of this election, America was unique as a nation. America in it in her inception, in her best years, you know, sent missionaries all over the world with the gospel. England was that way before us, that England herself in many ways had a mandate from God and some of the greatest preachers and and greatest churches and greatest missionaries the world had ever seen came out uh, of Great Britain. But as she expanded her reach in modern history and and went to the nations of the world, her, her original intent at least amongst her her spiritual class, her church class, was to take the gospel. But, but as men do when they got into the other nations of the world, as a matter of fact, it was said at one time the British Empire was so great that the sun never set on the flag, where she ruled in her provinces and her her extended uh, you know kingdom and domain. Um, but what began to happen was a corruption began to seep in. As they began to uh, engage in goods and exchanges and the economy of the world, and they began to be influenced by the many nations where they found themselves and and they began to lose um who they really were and and ultimately a huge judgment came upon them uh and I'm fast forwarding a lot of history here, but that's what we see in World War two when you when you see that the the great capital city of Great Britain was bombed nearly into oblivion by by the by the evil forces of Nazi Germany. Now you can argue from a political and military standpoint uh as to why those events happened, but we're talking from the position of the church now. The destruction came to her precisely because of of her spiritual corruption. It was allowed to be corrected in a most intense way. God preserved her because of the good uh, and decent people of Great Britain and their leadership that that truly loved the Lord, but the good always suffer along with quote unquote the bad uh, when the time of judgment comes. But judgment came to London. I re- you know I read a great book about uh, uh, brother uh, brother Leonard Ravenhill. It's called In the Light of Eternity, and I've heard him talk uh also in in several of his messages that have been preserved and, and in one time I heard him talking about the great uh compelling that he felt him and his young companions in their early twenties as uh men of God who who took a, a couple carts, you know, like they had back then, uh and, and they would they, they loaded them up with gospel tents and, and different things in their own personal tents and they actually walked from one end of England to the other, going into town after town after town, setting up their tents and holding revivals across England. And he talks about how they really didn't fathom as a collective people that what was just ahead of them was was, was the terrible days of World War II and what the nation would experience. And they literally walked on foot from city to city, from hamlet to hamlet, and, and, and experienced a great. Uh, moving of the spirit and many souls born again but the, the the fate and the judgment that was coming was yet was yet just a few years ahead and he describes that when the bombings actually began to take place how shocking it was and he talks about walking out uh into the streets after bombings and seeing body parts hanging from trees and houses completely blown up whole families gone cities leveled to the ground and he was saying this uh in his in his in his messages that he was giving i think he was in lyndale texas when he gave this particular message and he was talking about that he felt that that, that and, and he sensed even then that the same kind of judgment uh what would be the fate of 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 the nation of america if it didn't recognize that it needed to turn back to god and he talked about it in the sense that even when repentance and and salvation came in great numbers in those early years just before they entered into that, that severest of, of attacks that came their way through nazi germany then in many ways it was the mercy of god not that he was going to spare the nation from the judgment that its forefathers. Uh, had brought upon that particular generation. It wouldn't spare them from that. But in his great and abundant mercy, many who died in that war were saved in those revivals led by these young men and spearheaded by Brother Ravenhill and others so that their souls were preserved and their spirits preserved in the kingdom of heaven, even though their lives uh, came up under severe um, judgment of the nation as a whole. And he felt compelled in the early days of his ministry here in the United States to lament over this. He had lived through the history of something like that. So God used those moments to bring him as a prophet to our country and begin to warn us that if we didn't turn, and this is back in the early 70s he he was teaching these things, that if we didn't turn, that our fate could very well be. This is Ravenhill talking now, that he really felt that the fate of the nation would be. Uh, Similar to what he had witnessed In his own nation Only God knows But the words resonate with me Because when we look and examine At the history that we're looking at today And what led ultimately to the Moses To the Gentiles It wasn't without, without an extended Hand of God culminating In the appearance of Jesus Christ himself To the very nation that he had always Intended to become the evangelist to the world But even the Lord himself Told them that it was going to be taken from them. And so when we witness the book of Acts and the birth of the early church, we are witnessing the final throes of an extended hand of grace and mercy to the established Judaic community across the Hellenized and Jewish world. And ultimately, when it came to Paul telling them, you know what, this is after almost 25, 26 years when he made that statement in verse 6 of chapter 18, I've done enough now i'm going exclusively to the nations of the world this is this is what we see then the fulfillment of jesus's words taking place a new nation was about to be born a new kingdom was being formed that's what the apostle paul said and so it's so intriguing to me when we see these events how the holy spirit preserved the church extended the grace of god developed a new and burgeoning people made out of jew and gentile and then also went into the nations of the world to claim what had rightfully been purchased and 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 the nations of the world that had rightfully been redeemed or could now claim to be rightfully redeemed by the precious blood of the lamb this is why the lord told the apostles if you remember in matthew 28 can you read to us matthew 28 brother jeremy matthew chapter 28 verse 19 and 20. yeah Matthew twenty
0: eight. <clears throat> and you said what verses nineteen and twenty?
1: Yes, that's what the Lord says, the last things that he said to them.
0: Yes. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the same excuse me, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen.
1: Amen. So what we see the Lord commanding his apostles, even before the apostle Paul uh, himself became the apostle to the Gentiles, is a legal declaration of the Lord to go into the nations now. Because for thousands of years, at least 2,000 years, there had only been one nation. And the rest of the world lay in darkness. That's what that's what Peter said. That's what Brother Jeremy read when he talked about the Lord calling us out of darkness into his marvelous light so that we could become that peculiar treasure. We are now that chosen generation. We are that royal priesthood. A new mandate and a new ministry was given to the nation. And we know that the ultimate historical um, gavel that would fall down upon uh, the nation that once was occurred in AD 70. It came, and the gospel then went to the nations of the world. But what I'm talking to you about when I laid out the thesis of England is that when England experienced that, and 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 what came out of World War II was a new uh, nation would take the lead of global supremacy, and that would become the United States of America. And from that point, We saw the greatest uh, outpouring and and expansion of Christian missionaries across the world that emanated from this country. But over time and since that time, the nation that was meant to be uh, a light, now what makes it unique again, and we emphasize this again, is that the united states is not like italy or china or spain in the sense that you go to italy there's italians you go to china you go there's chinese you go to spain you'll find the spanish and and all subsequently throughout all the world but what you see in the united states is is a nation made up of every tribe every tongue every nation and so in many senses a christian Or judeo-christian america influencing the ethnic population is the fullest expression of the flow of spiritual history in that in many ways it represents all the nations of the world having culminated at the end of time and having had the gospel given to them and and their mandate which started out good in that they were meant to be and we were meant to be a nation uh, you know, sending forth the gospel to the rest of the world has imploded upon itself. And much like Israel 2,000 years ago, it has rejected its mandate. It has turned its back on the things that God had commissioned it to do. And it is why we find ourselves on the eve of the most important election in our nation's history now, being confronted with what is Ultimately, an inevitable thing that is coming. And yet, even in the midst of this, we find an instructive revelation given to us, if you can see it, represented by Paul and, and, and all that he represents once he comes to Athens. Why are you saying that? Because it's no uh, accident to me that the flow of our studies has brought us to this point. You see, Athens was the very birthplace of democracy. <laughs> it is what, it is from Athens that flowed the very framework that our constitutional forefathers used in many senses uh, to, to form the basis of a constitutional republic founded upon the principles of God. But from a, d- a democratic uh, a philosoph- philosophical point of view, it all started here and it seems to in many ways by the spirit we're being told it's also ending here because in many ways what we see when the apostle paul comes to this athens he comes and finds a territory which is the birthplace of democracy absolutely and totally and completely given to idolatry with a with a synagogue community of those who had the word of god absolutely completely ineffective and to which he will turn his attention uh, and go to to argue with them and say what have you been doing how did Athens get like this and that is what we're saying that we believe the spirit is saying is that the ultimate indictment the ultimate Um, you know, 95 theses nailed to the wall of the church of our time is asking us the same thing. How did the United States get like this? When you had the truth, you had the gospel, you had every tool, both ancient and modern and technologically developed and scientifically developed at your disposal to change a culture. But here you are hanging over the precipice of a cliff and you have no idea how you got here. What's wrong with you? That's what Paul would would ultimately do.
0: You guys are awful quiet. I think, it, <laughs> I, I think it's interesting, brother Marty. Um, it, it it was necessary for Paul, what you read, what we read in, in chapter eighteen, for him to separate now and preach now to the Gentiles, mm-hmm. because in those times Christianity was linked as a sect of Judaism,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it was just mm-hmm. it, it was mixed in with all of it, but it wasn't persecution arose when when that little sect of Judaism, Christian, what we call Christianity, began to preach the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting in when 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 uh, John speaks to the churches, he speaks to Smyrna, and when he tells them that he tells them, I know thy works, tribulation, poverty, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are jews and are not mm-hmm. but are the city yeah. of satan and i began to think america was founded on biblical principles uh the wealth the prosperity has to do for the god of the christian <laughs> the god of the bible that has blessed but through the yeah. years christianity has now been mixed up with so many things right with yeah. uh it's 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 watered down Christianity, and we see like like just like in the church in Smyrna where persecution came. What the persecution is going to bring out and brought out is the exclusivity of Jesus Christ, and it is and and that's where I see America today and where we're heading, is that all of this is going to bring about and it's going to separate
1: <laughs>
0: the Christians, you know, as we're all mixed up to the ones who say Jesus as ex. Preach Jesus Christ exclusive, ex, exclusively. Exclusively. So, yeah, so I, I see a connection there, brothers. I don't know if you guys see it too. I don't know if I said it right. But, you know, with, with the apostle, it was necessary for him because it was just a part of, of Judaism as a sect. But now the persecution came when they, this little sect began to rebel and say, G, and preach Jesus exclusively. Yeah.
1: No, that's an and important that's I was point. Making. Very important point, well, what you said there um, as they as it as it began to flush itself out in the early history of the church uh it was yes. it was a separation that had to take place, right, and what are we actually saying because the parallels are striking if you apply them to our times because it's very similar you know it, it, it's it's the removing of a true body of believers from an establishment that holds to its right to exercise authority and power over the over the gospel. And what they've done to it is, is, is dilute it, distort it, and seek to control it. But it's reached its, its highest apex of, of, uh, of control and establishment. And it's, and it's here in the seat of the, of the last bastion of any hope of true Christianity on the shores of this nation. It's, 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 it's Western culture at its height. And that is what we see in the parallel of Athens in that the holy spirit brings paul to athens by himself and for the first time in his public ministry he is isolated away from any ministry partners or anything that he's known and he comes and and he had to experience it like that because what i think that we're witnessing by the spirit now is that he's telling us as you come to the end of the expression (laughs) of democracy in the end of time you're going to find a similar situation you're going to feel isolated you're going to feel alone you're going to see how how all of it has become corrupted and idolatrous and you're going to witness an establishment uh, represented by the the synagogues that were still there in athens that is absolutely completely ineffective in having changed the culture as a matter of fact their word is is completely irrelevant. Paul would be ushered to the highest pinnacle of philosophical debate simply by making himself available in the marketplace, where he was able to remove himself as an isolated apostle to the nations, away from the influence of Judaism and away from uh, trying to sway them to get their act together, he leads by example, and he takes it to the streets. You know, Brother Jeremy, you mentioned the, the parable of of the of the wedding feast uh, on, on Friday, right, the banquet and those that were invited and going into the highways and the byways. Well, it's interesting because that scripture we read in Matthew 21 where Jesus says, the mandate and ministry that had been entrusted to you is going to be taken away from you and given to a nation bringing forth fruits. It then goes into Matthew 22 and begins to talk about that very parable you shared. It's connected to end-time events and the coming of the Lord and the marriage supper of the Lamb. I know this is complicated, but but it's it requires spiritual discernment to see this. This is the flow of the Spirit, and this is where we have come. And that's why it's so intriguing to us that we're now in Athens, because the personal dynamic of these events, you know, they're so fascinating and instructional. And 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 zoning in before we get into the rest of this week, when we're going to examine how God used him in, a, in in what we would conclude, because really, when you go into the story and you see that Paul goes to dispute with those that claim to be <laughs> the believers and that have faith in the one true God in the synagogue there in Athens, really, what we are witnessing is is God uh, using him and 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 shaping him and molding him. Uh, as an example, and, and and also taking him outside the four corners of the wall uh, of the walls of the church house, so to speak, and leading by example, but also going into the highways and the byways, right? In many ways. Any thoughts?
0: You know, the, the, one more thing, brother Marty. And uh, uh, when the Bible speaks about the blasphemy of the Jews. It speaks about them speaking against Jesus. That's really what it is, railings and slander and, and reproach, reproachful speech. And, and it's almost like he's telling them, you're Jews, but only in respect to birth, origin, and religion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But in, in respect to, to, to the gospel that God has sent us. And that's what Paul is sent to remind them. That's why he is you're right, brother. he he's a type of Moses to re, to to remind the people of God of what they were called to do, not just to keep this thing to themselves but to be the um what did you call it the uh purvey- no, is it purveyors the instruments of taking this gospel as we read today right uh we read i think from uh was it from exodus 28? right
1: yes uh-huh.
0: yes. What, what we read that they were to be and, and really take the gospel evangelize the world. Yes. You know, and, and that's what God would, would have to use a, a Paul. See, these Jews, you know, they were Jews only in, in really in, in just orange in respect to birth origin and religion, but not in terms of fulfilling all of the mandate that God had given them to preach this that's gospel. Cool.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely excellent. That's exactly right. And see, this is the fascinating thing I want to look at today, because though we're talking in big terms, big pictures, big mandates, big ministries, all that, it always comes down to the individual, the collective community uh, that understands its purpose in any given uh, generation, but also remembering that community is made up of individuals connected by the Spirit. And so it's fascinating to me when we look at the Apostle Paul and where he comes to, because as the moses to the gentiles as we're calling him um, he had to endure this incident it's been 23 years since he's been saved and it's fascinating to me because in his isolation in athens it really reveals the character of the man of god and 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 what you were talking about there brother jeremy about the original intent of the lord to use the nation of Israel as the evangelists or the preachers of the true word of God, uh, how it gave way to simply a, an exclusive almost cult like thing that we're the chosen people and, and to, and to hell with the rest of the world, (laughs) basically. Right. right? Right. So uh, that's what God was, was breaking that up, you know, and and really if you think about it, it had not only that, it had morphed into what we always see establishment man-centered religious systems become which is that you know they have a headquarters and then they have districts and then they you know they have regions but the elite amongst them and the ruling class in every given the ruling religious class across the landscape uh, uh, of the territories there they were all privileged and 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 they were the ones who had the money they were the ones who were soaking widows of their last mite and i mean it, it became what it became and and something had to change but what's what's fascinating to me is that we draw tremendous insight if it will if we'll just take the next 10 minutes uh before we close today in this this part one of paul finnian in Athens, uh we draw tremendous insight and comfort and inspiration really resolve if you want to call it that in the holy spirit Uh, You you know, the Holy Spirit is really revealing to us uh, through Apostle Paul's life to examine his humanity. Because sometimes, and rightfully so, of course, we elevate these men to such, you know, gargantuan spiritual status that we can't even relate to them on a much more human level. But remember, God takes ordinary people and turns them into extraordinary vessels so that it's God who gets the glory but he works within the confines of the human soul. He works within the confines of of will and emotion and real honest feelings here we're talking about as individuals. And it's enlightening to me when we take the time to examine the development of of men of their times, how they got that way and, and choices and decisions and conclusions they had to come to. The choice is always ours. The influences are are multi-dimensional. There, there there's the spiritual influences and the instruction of the Holy Spirit, and there's also, consequently, the ongoing, ever-present spiritual warfare, which the Apostle Paul, through all these experiences, would develop his doctrine of putting on the whole armor of God. Now, this, <laughs> so look at what we see. In verse 15, can
0: you read verse 15 again, too, as well, Jeremy? Yeah, 15. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus, for to come to him with all speed, they departed.
1: Yeah, notice that phrase. Uh, you know, they, they they take him by a boat, and then in verse 15, uh, he's he it, it's you can sense the emotion of it you know he he says he, he sends them back with a commandment says tell tell silas and timothy to get here as soon as possible you know one minute he's he's in berea uh with his ministry team and then immediately he's in danger I mean, read verse 14 to us again would you please verse 14 Chapter 17,
0: verse 14. Yes. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus abode there
1: still. So from that, we see that when, when when they chased him from Thessalonica all the way into Berea, when they found out he was there, we talked about that on Friday how an underground Christian railroad was taking place here, right? You know, the connections from city to city, they took him out at nighttime. I mean, they brought him to Berea. He, they're having a moment where they're ministering to the brothers there, but then all of a sudden these rabble-rousers from Thessalonica, these Jews who want to kill Paul, show up, and, and they don't even wait till nighttime. They they get him, and they, 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 they get him out of the city. and And just slow down for a second and take time to think about what we're saying here because i sense i sense some stuff in the air but you know what it's time to pay attention here and grow up (laughs) don't let these distractions take place now listen emotionally he is feeling all kinds of things here understand that you know one moment you're you wake up in the morning you're in berea you've been having success they're receiving the word they're searching the scriptures daily to see if what you're saying is so you, you comment on them. They were more you know, zealous in Berea than Thessalonica. I mean, all these things that later are going to evolve in the book of Acts. But the fact of the matter is he wakes up one morning and they hear the sounds of, of of enemies from 46 miles away showing up where you are. The reaction of the community of the brothers who've been rejoicing in what he's been sharing in the gospel is to protect him immediately. They ain't got time to wait at night. They immediately just grab him and suddenly like a chaotic you know uh experience that you have when you bump into a a beehive i mean all of a sudden the day has changed and events are swirling around you 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 barely got time to grab your coat god only knows if he had any parchments with him they're running him to the sea and throwing him in a boat and timothy and silas they're not there they're trying to get him out of town and now he's on a boat, and he sails for a couple of days because he's 191 miles away from Athens by sea. And so when he gets there, uh, in 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 verse 15, um, you know they put him on that boat. They separate him from his ministry team. I mean, think of that too. I mean, he he's now completely alone. And and you have to admit, if you think about it, uh, it was a bit over, uh, to say the least, a, a bit emotionally overwhelming remember this is 190 miles away by sea we're talking about here Uh, you know they didn't have cars they didn't have planes they didn't have trains and so after leaving him on the shoreline of athens you know these brothers who took him by boat they had to return and and you can hear paul's emotional distress in verse 15 I can feel it at least in verse 15 he says it says again receiving a commandment from Paul uh he sends a commandment to Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed I can sense this brother this this uh again we're looking at at something occurring here that's at a very deep emotional level there's almost an anxiousness about it I'm in Athens by myself, and and how I got here was because he grabbed me and, and tried to preserve my life. Timothy and Silas are back there in Berea. Only God only knows what's going on in his mind, but what he does say is, please, when you get there, tell him to don't waste any time and come here. When you read the rest of chapter 17, they never did show up. He was there for many, many days. As a matter of fact, they won't show up for several weeks, maybe months, and not until they come to meet him in in corinth and so understanding that what we have here is the great apostle for the first time in twenty three years of public ministry, he's absolutely isolated and alone and And I can feel his emotional distress. Tell Timothy and Silas to get here as soon as possible, right? But then we go to verse 16. Can you read verse 16, brother? Jeremy? Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his
0: spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry.
1: Amen. So those words jump out to me in verse 16. while Paul waited, while he was waiting. And we want to dig in here. Again, understand this from a prophetic point of view for our time. Don't lose sight of what we're talking about. Because here is the quality of the man of God. It's about to be revealed to us. See, what, what, what we don't like, but what is very much true about every individual in the church At one time or another, every servant of God is going to experience that feeling of aloneness, of isolation. It is necessary. You can be in a room full of people and feel isolated. You can be amongst loved ones and feel alone in the chambers of your spirit and your emotions. Many times, if... (laughs) You know, you'll, you'll you'll begin to question yourself. You'll begin to question a lot of things. You know, don't think it's easy to be alone. It's hard to be alone. It can be the most crucial and, and yet dangerous time of a spiritual development. And I'm not just talking about spiritual development. I'm talking about prophetically spiritual development as well because we are coming into times where isolation uh, of of who we are collectively as the true community of the church as well as individually we're going to experience this you're surrounded and remember beginning from end mentality here in in the seat of democracy in a landscape that is completely flooded by demonic power now athens wasn't a fly-by-night a colony of rome this rome took from it and added to its own uh <laughs> its own global expression of what a what a nation should be and what a what a power should be it borrowed much from greece that's why it allowed it to flourish it it, it, it took its gods and incorporated it into its own pantheon in rome renaming them you know zeus became a uh, you know, Apollo and so forth and so on. Right. I mean, they, 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 they so incorporated themselves because this was a powerful place. This is Alexander the Great's territory, man. And and Athens was was at this time almost 400 years old, a little less than 400, 300 something years old, about 400 years old when when Paul's there. So we're we're witnessing the expression of enlightenment, schools of thought, very much like today's America. It is the seat and the birthplace of democracy. Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, the great philosophies that they, you know, push down our children in today's universities here in America. They were born there. And so he comes to this place. Now, let me talk to you about spiritual warfare, because as strong as you are in the Lord, uh, it will also be, uh, consequently, uh, the level that you are able to sense isolation, aloneness, and demonic power all around you. He's alone. And it reveals much in these times of being alone because really it is the heat of examination. It is the revealing. But it's also what it personally reveals to us individually. What do you like? What do you go through? What are you sensing in our times? Now, verse 16, what Brother Jeremy read, is while he waited, right? Don't, that is how I was thinking about this morning. I was thinking about this. I said, look, we cannot discount these, you know, discount these extraordinary moments. God just made me this way. Maybe I got too much of time and I think too much, but (laughs) I started thinking in those words, while he waited, I, I started thinking about, like, when he took a shower, I know they didn't have showers, but I mean, when he bathed or whatever, right? Well, I know how the enemy is. And, and, and what went through Paul's thoughts when, let's say, he was bathing, you know, and, 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 and he would feel the scars on his back, uh, scars he had got when he had been whipped in Philippi. If you remember, we went through that in chapter 16 when he cast that spirit of divination out of that. That demonically possessed woman. Uh, the result of that is that he would be whipped and beaten, thrown into jail. Those scars were were still fresh. What went through his mind alone in Athens and, and where he'd come to, and now he's bathing, and you can feel them on your back, man. Or what about when he would he would feel the top of his head and the bumps and the bruises that that remained there from. Remember when we read about him and Barnabas when they preached and they tried to offer sacrifice to them in Leicester and Derby and, then, and they ended up stoning Paul and leaving him for dead those bumps and bruises when you get hit like that with rocks they stay there I mean what was he he's alone in Athens and every time he touched the top of his head he'd feel those those bumps on his head I think you know what about the pain in his ankles from from the stocks on his feet in that Macedonian jail <laughs> We were just talking about or the scars on his wrist from the shackles that had held him and silas to the dungeon wall you have to understand the enemy was there there's no barnabas to to encourage him there's no bright-eyed timothy to hang on every word or or or, or a prophet silas to comfort you or a luke they're all backed in Berea, and, and he's alone, and I know how the enemy is, He he's there. Like we talked about, when you're in isolation, you have two competing forces that come against you. One is the Holy Spirit, not against you, but speaking to you and working and shaping you in these moments. And the other is the enemy who bombards your mind with thought. And I was just wondering when I was thinking about these that little description I gave of you and many others could be given. Maybe he thought as the enemy began to sow in his mind, did I really have a vision of Jesus Christ? Did, did he really appear to me on that road? How, <laughs> I mean, he's alone. And, and And he's not like, you know, this successful minister at this point. Everywhere he goes he's being chased for his life and now he's alone in some strange place and it is the full expression of wickedness and idolatry in the known world at the time the devil would make him begin to question that's how the devil is are you really called are you really successful look at you don't think it didn't happen man if you've ever known spiritual warfare you know the enemy always hits below the belt, man. <laughs> he always does. He don't play fair, he plays dirty. Right. His thoughts must you know, his thoughts must have raced, man, I think. As as the attacks in the mind began to intensify. I mean I, I heard the devil this morning, honestly, in this story. Think about it. I mean your ego, Paul. We're, we're focusing on the words "while he waited," because there's a big gap between "while he waited" and the stirring of his spirit. But that is that crucial moment of of furtherance, of depth, and equipping of the spirit in those moments.
2: You know, Brother Marty, I always liken the apostles Paul's or life to that of Christ. Um and, and for obvious reasons. He he was yes. the greatest example of Christianity, I think, uh in scripture for each and one of us. Um and just like Jesus' ministry started ablaze and his fame spread, um mm.
1: as That's it was good. coming
2: to an end. As it was coming to an end, everybody began to leave him. Uh to the point where he answered one of his disciples and said, he says Man, the things you're saying, they're they're hard sayings and he says, Will you leave me also? Right? And, and mm-hmm. Peter said, Where can I go for only you have words of eternal life? And and the same uh we see in, in the apostle Paul. This is the man called to to uh the Gentile world and he now he finds himself alone. And he and he said that. He he, he mentioned the names of men who left him, right? Deem has, has yeah. left me. I think it was demons, right? Has forsaken me. He's left. He's, he's, he's like the things of this world. <laughs> he's fell for them. Yeah. Um, wow. So, so we see that as Paul's journey and Paul's life is 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 coming to an end, or is approaching that that end. We see that he finds himself alone right. more and more. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh he, he, even at the uh the house arrest uh when it's all said and done and, 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 and what people have to come to him and and he's asking for for some blankets and you know some some, some word, some some scripture to read. Uh yeah. so we see a, a beautiful picture of that and absolutely what you're saying, uh, as a minister, if you if you're a minister and and you giving your whole heart to people to, to preaching the gospel and then to see that, you know, they're, they don't, they're turning away from the faith. Yeah. Uh, or maybe, maybe it's God designed. Maybe it's God still wanting to do more work in you. And you're like, man, enough is enough. What more, what more do you want, Lord? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and the enemy, uh, Allowed by God, comes into the scene, right? And and, and these are places that that not many uh, people know about unless right. you've been there. Yeah. Um, but this this is true ministry at its finest. Praise God, yeah. because this is where Jesus is is revealed, yeah. and and we are conformed more and more to Him. This is 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 a a point in, in the apostle's life, right? Where where's where something's going to take place in his life. So absolutely yeah. I, I can definitely see what you see, the the enemy taking advantage of the opportunity, but at the same time it is the Lord's will to bring the apostle yeah. Paul uh to to a greater level. Um as, you know, and ultimately his ultimate fate was that of Christ. He
1: died. Yeah. He was killed. Incredible. Right. Yeah. yeah, and in many ways, it, it, like you're saying so well, there, uh, it's Paul's Gethsemane, and, and of course he would take, he would have many Gethsemanes more than that. But I like the way you said that because I, I do believe that just like Moses was a type of Christ, and even Daniel, like Brother Jeremy mentioned the other day, who ended up in the in a pit, <laughs> you know, surrounded by lions, man. Uh, he he experienced a Christ-like aloneness, a Job, you know, who, who lost everything and was uh, was isolated. Uh, it, it's a Christ-like experience. There's very few to that level. But then here we have Paul uh, isolated and alone. And what you said, they're called to the Gentile world. In, in many sense, it was all hanging in the balance here. You know, there's no warfare like warfare that has no one around you, uh, <laughs> mm. you know, because and, – and, and again, understand this trial that, that, that you, you both have ex- have expressed very well uh, is a trial that that is the product of 23 years of experience, and all of that is being put to the test now here in Athens alone because it's been ratcheted up now. I mean, the last several cities he's been to, uh, except for the grace of God, he'd be dead. (laughs) And and I thought about that. I thought, you know, as you were saying there, Brother Jeremy and Brother Fernando, uh, I can hear the devil. I mean, it's like saying, your ego, Paul, is so enormous and your reckless behavior is so great. You know, because Paul had to make a decision to go out from where he was waiting Go to the synagogue and eventually go to the marketplace. But knowing the devil, he's flashing in his mind how how when they were in Thessalonica, uh, you know they had to hide him, and and the, and they came and and stirred up the antifa of their day. Remember we were talking about the the, the lewd fellas and the criminals on the street to come after him. And what ended up happening was Jason and his family early on in chapter 17. They get arrested, and so did some of the brothers who had been saved. And, and Jason had to had to had to lay down some bail to get out of jail, right? So I can almost hear the devil yelling in Paul's mind: "You are so ego driven, and, and and you caused this trouble up up there in, in Thessalonica, and and you're here in Athens, but your brother Jason is back there, and he's still got a court date. And you know what happens to people that cross Caesar? I mean, my God, I can't even imagine." You know, his life is in danger. All that's going through his head, and he's in Athens alone. What does he do? What is this all about? How real is it? Will I continue? What do I really believe? Silas and Timothy have been left behind in Berea because of you. (laughs) You know I mean? (laughs) I don't know what's going through his head, but I know how the devil is. Or what about, you know, The devil, I can hear them. Has it ever occurred to you that your brothers, the Jews, are right? Maybe you've been deceived. Maybe you're insane, Paul. I mean, you're saying that you have something more intensely beautiful and wonderful, which you call the gospel. Are you better than Moses? Are you better than the Torah? Are you greater than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? The history of your people, thousands of years of the word of God? What have you done, Paul? (laughs) You know, I mean, what have you done? You even argued with Barnabas, right? The only one who protected you right from the beginning. You wouldn't even be on this missionary trip if you hadn't gotten in a fight with him. And all he really wanted to do was take care of John Mark, that young boy that was still developing spiritually. But no, you didn't want to take him with you. Now look where you are. Wow. What's wrong with you, dude? <laughs> what are we saying, brothers? What you were just saying, Brother Fernando. This is spiritual warfare, man, and you know it happened. You know it happened. If you if you breathe and have feelings, these are men. And and what am I why am I saying all this? Because really Paul's instructions, like we said in Ephesians chapter six about the whole armor of God, they had to have been shaped by these kinds of moments. These intense battles of aloneness with the mind and with the will and with the emotion. And why they're key for us is because we are in similar times. The isolation of the body of Christ, the true body of Christ, which can't be defined by, you know, a building on the corner street or, or, or a, you know, a placard over somebody's head that says, I'm a Christian. But we all are, as the community of the body of Christ, are, are going to experience this we are here now but you know what man i thank god for jesus <laughs> because paul's heart really the the depth of his spirit uh that is you know that is the part where the lord dwells it was the anchor it was the strength by which he overcame you know because suddenly the attacks ceased and the voices stops. And it, it, to me, it's like the clouds all blew away by the wind of the Holy Spirit. Because because it says while he waited for them uh, that his spirit was stirred when what he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. This is such a moment pregnant with instruction that we're talking about. Because it really comes down to the to the rubber where the rubber meets the road, as they say, there is no ego here, there is no fanfare, there's no lights camera action, there's no choir to sing you into this ecstatic motivation, <laughs> you know there's no great solo to move you to tears. What you got is what you got, and what you believe is is ultimately exposed in these kinds of moments he took his eyes off his himself and when it says in verse 17 or verse 16 when he saw the city that's where who he really was and is is manifested to us because the holy spirit transcended his emotions his mind the attacks of the enemy and reached into something that he couldn't deny because what we see here in that his spirit would be stirred at seeing idolatry is a vessel in full flight and in full control of the holy spirit it had to be revealed to himself alone i'm not saying it well but i hope you're feeling it until we individually get to that kind of a moment where it do, where we don't have the trappings of a of a devotional calendar or or we can throw on a song that moves us every time we hear it and we ain't got no brothers around and nobody to encourage us are we going to be like king david who encouraged himself in the lord can we be like the apostle paul because we're going to need it, brothers and sisters. Trust what we are saying. He was stirred when he saw the city. That blesses me so much, man, because it is, it is the linchpin. It is whatever descriptive adjective you want to use. It's the foundational, solid anchor of the soul. It is the convincing moment in a Christian life that transcends all the trappings of experience in religion and and it becomes the solid reality that propels you forth for the rest of your life until you meet Jesus. Nothing can shake it. And it has to be attained alone with your dependence solely and exclusively upon the reality that I know. That's why he would write those things, right? I know in whom I have believed. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) And I'm fully persuaded. The devil might throw all this stuff at me. My mind might be racist. But, but man, when it all comes down to it and I strip all that away, I know in whom I have believed. And I'm fully persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. Paul got up. Because who he really was, uh, <laughs> was that 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 part of him that, that had been born again? I mean, we, we don't, I mean, when I think about it, brothers, this is a man, and we've gone through 17 chapters of the book of Acts, this is a man who was raised in the schools of Gamaliel, a Pharisee of Pharisees, circumcised the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin concerning the law Uh, the righteousness of the law absolutely blameless taken from that position of a fully flourishing religious man pharisee of pharisees deconstructing him and breaking him down on the road to damascus and then 23 years of experience and (laughs) and then all of it culminating in the aloneness it is a key moment in the history of the church. And it's beautiful to behold. Oh, that I had a a thousand dictionaries and the ability to use them to describe what I sense is the most beautiful thing of all. And something that that I still strive to get to, which might shock some of you, I can't speak for my brothers, but for my own personal self, I'm striving to get here. To to the full assurance that whether I've got, uh, you know, my ministry team around me, my wife, my children, it doesn't matter. If I'm alone, will I go out into the marketplace? Have I become so 100% absolutely convinced of the veracity and truth of of the gospel that I preach that it propels me forward in such a way, because when Paul left this building, Wherever he was, and and then and then went to the synagogue in the next verse and disputes with them, and then ultimately into the marketplace. In many senses, these key moments allowed him to take whatever vestige, if there was any. I see it mm-hmm. from the perspective of my own experience. If there's anything that's hooking him yet to time and space, that's keeping him tethered to a a, a natural experience, then that was severed right here. And he and he begins to soar and become that great apostle, that great Moses to the Gentiles, wielding the only truth that can save a lost and dying world. And he would go forward and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what, brothers? In many ways, America is the Athens of our time. It is the seat of democracy. Paul was stirred. He went to the synagogue. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy, in verse 17? What did he do? Therefore disputed he in the synagogue
0: with the Jews and with the devout persons in the market daily
1: with them that met with him. He disputed. What have we been doing? (laughs) What what were they doing? That's kind of what the Holy Spirit has come to all of us in the church. You look at America, and, and 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 I've been seeing these massive crowds that have been gathering, as as the president's working himself to death, you know, in these last few days, and and I weep for our people. I weep for our, my, ourselves, man, because it's it's almost as if it suddenly dawned on everybody, you're standing on the brink of losing everything, everything. And and there there is a sense sweeping across the nation amongst many many people millions. It's as if they've woken up and said, "Oh my God, I mean we really are hanging by a thread. The 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 sword of Damocles, as they say, is swinging over us, the, the, like they used to do in the cartoons." You know, where someone's hanging by a rope and, 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 and uh, the roadrunner comes and holds up a candle to the rope and Coyote's freaking out, man, because <laughs> the rope's burning and he's about to fall over the cliff. That's kind of what's happening. And I, I I feel emotionally for us as a nation. But I also sense what Paul did. He went and said to the Jews, he disputed with them. And I think the Holy Spirit's disputing with us. This is what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in our time, to the leadership of the ministry in this house, in this hour. What have you been doing? The whole nation is wholly given to idolatry. He sent Paul to the marketplace. He sent him to the highways and the byways, like Brother Jeremy was talking about a couple of podcasts ago. And I believe this is... Our call today, all of us. We all have influences in one way or another. That's what what um, you uh, you and me brothers have been trying to do. That's what we've been trying to encourage our listeners to do. We're we're we're, we're encouraging you. We're, you have influence. We, well, I work, I don't have a podcast, brother Marty. Well, neither did we. <laughs> We started one, you know, what's your point? Well, do something, right? If it's a kind word to your neighbor next door that you've lived next to for 20 years and don't even know their name, which is famous in California, by the way, you can live next door to somebody. And the only time you get to know them is when the earthquakes come and everybody goes out in the street and then they go back into their house and no one talks to each other till the next earthquake. Oh, man, let it let it let us not be like that. It's time it's time to go to the highways and the byways and whether your influence is large or small it matters not what matters is that you take the time to be a witness and to understand just how important and vital it is that we share what we share that we be the light that we're meant to be especially now more than ever whatever the results are tomorrow tomorrow night and in the ensuing days. The most dangerous time that we're about to live in, in this 2020, is when the polls close tomorrow and in the weeks that are just ahead of us as we head to the inauguration day. One way or another, this thing's about to come apart, and there's going to be many people scared and disoriented and looking for answers, and they're not going to find it in the establishment church. They're not going to find it, in, in, you know, in, in a in a in a psychiatry couch, which will only prescribe drugs that'll put them into an anesthetized state more than they've been up to this point. They're going to be looking for answers. Are you willing to take this moment and allow the Holy Spirit to use you in the marketplace where you're really needed, where I'm really needed, where my brothers are really needed? Jesus is coming. The true condition of the city of the nation. Does it stir you? Does it stir me? Stir us, Lord. <laughs> we know time is running out. It is. And and our Lord is soon to return. And, and it is my prayer. It's our brother's prayer that, that by his grace and strength that we be about the master's business, right? Taking our place and and how do you say in the long line of history fulfilling our part cuz if you notice the book of acts it 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 doesn't stop like brother like brother brother fernando was saying about paul that when you get to the end of the book of acts um can you read verse 30 and 31 at the end of the book of acts brother jeremy
0: yes And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. With all confidence, no man forbidding him.
1: And the book of Acts doesn't end. It doesn't say amen. It doesn't say and so we come to the conclusion of our story. It ends with the apostle preaching the gospel, and it's as if the Spirit is telling us the torch has been handed to each successive generation to take that gospel message to the whole world. And it's come to our time now. We have to finish writing this book of the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we need it now more than ever. You know, we've tried very stumbling today to bring this message to you as we continue studying, and uh, in the Book of Acts and Paul in Athens. But, but really, bottom line, it's it's really very simple. Um, it is an exciting and most incredible time to be alive. You know, in my heart, I, I hear the words of the Lord, um, where He told His apostles, He said, "Blessed are the eyes that see what you see." The ears that hear what you hear, he said, for many prophets desired to see them, and and they didn't, and to hear them, and they didn't. You know, this is the most important time and the most privileged time as the Church of Jesus Christ that we could be alive. Uh, we are witnessing what the, the prophets for thousands of years predicted would happen. And it is the most exciting time, not a time to be afraid. Jesus told us that. If he, if he would have wanted us to be afraid, he would have told us, you better be afraid. He didn't say that. He said, when you see these things, all these things we've been talking about for months now, begin to come to pass. He says you look up because your redemption is drawing nigh. I believe we've reached those days. Yes, there's turbulent times ahead of us. But as the church of God, let us take inspiration from this great apostle. And and let and let us, you know, <laughs> let us let us reach to the better angels of ourselves, so to speak, that depth where the Holy Spirit dwells within us. That in spite of everything that we might conceivably just have ahead of us, we've settled it. It's done. It's over. There's, put a bow on it, man. You can't you can't take away what I know deep down inside to be the absolute 100% truth. Jesus is Lord, he's my savior, and he's coming soon. Is the Lord. Tomorrow we'll pick it up as he meets probably uh, the most intellectually brilliant men of his time. And, uh, and where that leads him to, if the Lord allows, uh, we will continue to explore as he goes into his message to a world given to idolatry. He would witness the fruit of his ministry. Two particular people are mentioned, and if the Lord allows us, we'll talk about Dionysius and Damaris and why it is such a beautiful thing and what it represents for our time as well today. We pray you've been blessed. If you haven't done so and feel inclined to do by the Spirit, go out and vote tomorrow. Uh, do what the Lord tells you to do. Pray for this nation and uh, stay awake. Be safe out there. We love you with all our heart, and we thank you and pray that our Lord would return soon. So, Jeremy, Brother Fernando, anything else to say today? Again,
2: it's a uh, critical time in our nation, um, the most critical. Um yeah. We do know. We do know where the Bible says what the Bible says. We're we're headed as a world, as, as this planet. Um, You know, but uh, I I do believe that uh, we need to pray. And like you said, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, do. And above all, be in prayer. um, Because the things that that are about to take place, you're going to catch a lot of people by surprise. Um, I do believe that the Holy Spirit is going to speak directly, in a way. In a way that, that we've never seen Him speak before. Um, you know, it it got, I'll share this before we end. Um, the way he was speaking to me, uh, was so clear last night. Uh, it was almost a dread that came over me, you know, in my my own personal life concerning, uh, the direction, you know, that, that, and, and things that, that are to come and how to prepare myself that he spoke so clearly i felt a sense of dread i don't know how else to say it. Um, but uh that's how clearly he's speaking and to disobey to disobey is going to be is going to be a willing disobedience you know that it's going to be at our own peril but he is definitely speaking to us very clearly and we must obey because he's going to lead us in the right path.
1: You know, brother, uh, you really make me think about where this journey with us all began, you know, back uh, when the virus first came to the shores of America, we started our podcast, I think it was March the 19th. And we've literally uh, done one every single day. Uh, and we did for the first several days, actually, even through the weekends, but but we kept it up five days a week uh, all through the spring all through the summer and now here we are in the fall and we've come to this very point. Uh, I feel that too man. I mean, uh and I concur with what you're sharing. Uh it is of utmost importance. And what the Lord has been telling us. We've laid our case before the people. We'll continue to go as long as the Lord allows us to. But above all, like brother Fernando said, obey the voice of the spirit. I really feel that. I I don't know what how that's going to take shape, I mean, there's the obvious things we can look at, you know, that could possibly happen um, just from our own, you know, understanding of, of what we see happening in the nation amongst the different groups and so forth and so on. But what you said, you know, how the Holy Spirit's going to speak is going to be undeniable. And I think that we've been seeing and hearing that speaking all along the way. But I concur, brother. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, you better do it. God help us have the strength uh, to recognize his voice. Praise God. Brother Jeremy.
0: Amen. Amen. You know, one of the few things that the Lord also spoke to me, and I'll just share one verse. It was just one verse. It's found in Second Timothy chapter three and verse one. It's just that verse that he reminded me. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And, and that's what we are sensing. That's what we are feeling because that word perilous means reducing of strength, you know, speaks about the difficulties to navigate in such a time like this, right? And I believe that's what that's what we are sensing in this hour. So we pray that you've been blessed. You know, be in prayer. That's the best thing that we can do, be in prayer and, and praying for our nation and, and stay awake and alert in such a time like this. We pray you join us tomorrow. May God bless you. May God keep you. And as always, keep looking up.